0: i don 't know about you, but I love a good story. In fact, I think it would be even safe to say that everyone loves a good story and Now, there are good stories, stories that when you hear them, leave you in awe and in wonder and then and then, on the other side, there are what we call and no offense to anyone who likes the fish, what we call fish stories, which, as the dictionary defines them, are exaggerated stories, stories that are so strange and surprising that. They they seem very likely to be untrue. And listen, we may, you may, I do enjoy a good fish story every now and then. But listen, no one believes in them, no matter how surprising they may seem. Because, well, fish stories are fish stories. <laughs> They're just hard to believe. But every once in a while, there are those stories that, that kind of start like a fish story, but are actually... In the end, they're they're like really good stories. It, it, it's kind of like the story I love to tell about about a, a fish I caught once that was like this big. <laughs> like like seriously, I, I I literally, I literally did I caught a fish. And never mind. Uh, listen, that's beside the point. While good stories leave you in awe and in wonder, and fish stories, on the other hand, leave you surprised and skeptical. Great stories have the potential to leave an indelible mark on your life. So the question I want to pose for us today is this. What is the greatest story that you've ever heard? If you did a a Google search for the phrase, the greatest story ever told, you'd most likely find a reference to a movie that mostly only baby boomers and Gen Xers may be familiar with. And and listen, you don't have to go there now, even though I know some of you may already have done it with the temptation of your device already there in front of you. I get it. But listen, if you haven't looked it up already, I'll save you the trouble. And I'll tell you that is the title of a 1965 dramatization of the life of Jesus. Now, across the board, movie critics review of the film were mm, mixed at best. But even the most critical of them had to admit this one thing about the film as one critic who entitled their review of the film, The Greatest Story Ever Told, It Suffers in the Retelling. Here's what she wrote in her review. Whether or not you believe that the life of Jesus is the greatest story ever told, it has captivated millions of people for 2,000 years and exerted a massive influence on world history. Today, I'd like for us to explore this question. Why is the story of Jesus, in particular, the resurrection of Jesus, the greatest story ever told? Why? And really, this is a fair question to ask, because if there is not an answer to this question, then it cannot, by definition, be the greatest story ever told. And if you're someone who loves Jesus and decided to commit your life to increasingly learning what it means to submit all of life to Jesus as master and savior? Listen, this is a good question to ask because our active engagement of the answer of this question is the very thing that the Christian faith was built upon. And if you're a follower of Christ, you know this to be true. If there was no resurrection of Christ, there would be no Christian. And maybe you aren't someone who knows whether or not you believe you're a christian or or not maybe maybe you don't know whether maybe you're someone who doesn't know whether you believe everything you've heard about jesus in the bible maybe maybe you're watching today simply because uh you, you need to be able to tell your mom or your grandma who will be calling you later and be like did you go to church today so you can just be able to be like yes i went to church today or or maybe maybe you're you're watching because you had a coworker who has been like bugging you to come out to one of their church gatherings and 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 listen, you want to finally be able to tell them that like I went to church, okay? I went to church. And and let's be honest, it would make sense to, to join a church gathering today. One, because it's Easter and everybody's doing it, so why not? And second, listen, it's it makes sense to join today because look, you can finally quote go to church from the comfort of your own home, and and you can feel you can feel comfortable to to just shut the computer lid if if anything ever gets uncomfortable or you just don't like what you're hearing. So today is a great day to finally, quote, go to church. And look, if this is you, if this is, if you're someone who is skeptical or have some doubts, isn't really sure whether you're a Christian or not, this is a fair question to ask yourself. Why is the resurrection of Jesus the greatest st- story ever told? And listen, it's it's a fair question. And I say it's a fair question because In your search for a meaningful life, a life filled with joy, peace, and purpose, I would hope that you wouldn't leave any stone unturned in regards to finding the answers you're looking for. So this is a fair question for you. And there are many reasons why any person, many, many reasons why any person would believe that the story of Jesus is the greatest story ever told, that the story of the resurrection is the greatest story ever told but to honor our time i don't want to take a look at every single one i just want to look at three reasons and the first is this the resurrection story proves that doubt is not a stumbling block to following jesus the resurrection story of jesus is the greatest story ever told because the resurrection story proves that doubt is not a stumbling block to following jesus you might say i can't follow jesus i just have too many doubts about who jesus is well listen if you believe, like most scholars, even including the, the, the ones who do not profess any affinity to Christian faith, that Jesus was a real person who lived and died on the cross, but the idea of the resurrection seems just a little, little cuckoo crazy, you're in good company. As, as one uh, pastor I know says, he says this Jesus' best friends felt the same way on the morning that his body was gone. None of them assumed the resurrection. They assume what everybody would assume because they assume that Jesus would stay dead. We know this because the early church disciples documented their own disbelief. In fact, one of those documentation comes from John, one of Jesus's best friends and a disciple. And he wrote this in John 20. He says this on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she went running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. <laughs> Once you get over the fact that um, John called himself the one Jesus loved, you may find yourself actually asking this question What kind of follower of Jesus would come, in a, would come away from an empty tomb? where Jesus was buried, and say, someone has stolen Jesus' body. The answer is that it would be a follower of Jesus who did not believe that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Now, in case you're saying to yourself, well, Mary isn't one of the 12, I mean, for sure, that one of the 12 you know, who, who, who was following Jesus would have, would have believed that Jesus was the Messiah and that he would, as he had told them over and over and over and again, his teaching that they, that, that he must die and that he would rise again. Right. I mean, the one of the 12, I mean, that's Mary, but you know, the 12, they would have known wrong. Check this out. In another one of Jesus' disciples account of the resurrection, Luke tells us that when Mary and some of the other women that were with her went to go tell the disciples what she witnessed, this was their reaction. This is what he recorded. This was his reaction as well. He said, but these words seem like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. Now, why did the disciples think that what she and the other women had said was nonsense? Because, listen, they, like everyone else, maybe like you, thought dead people stayed dead. And this is huge because this tells me that doubt doesn't have to be a stumbling block to beginning the journey of following Jesus. His disciples followed him for three years, witnessed his miracles, saw him rise from the dead, and even after seeing his risen body, the scriptures actually tells us there were still some who doubted. Now, listen, I've been following Jesus for most of my life, and I have been in ministry for almost half of my life, and there are times in my life where I am tempted to have doubt about who God is, And what he has done. And if you're like me, you need to be reminded that the resurrection story proves that doubt is not a stumbling block to following Jesus. If you doubt, you're not out, as you have sometimes heard me say. And listen, this is great news. In fact, if you're someone who is not considered following Jesus because of your doubts, (laughs) I dare you, I triple dog dare you to follow him to engage in the study of the scriptures in the context of community and and find clarity on who Christ is i dare you the second reason i believe the story of jesus resurrection is the greatest story ever told is because the resurrection story proves that god is all powerful and in control even when things seem out of control in his book entitled the gospel fluency pastor jeff vandersault recounts a conversation with someone he was uh that he was talking to and and they were expressing some doubt about whether or not God was all powerful and in control and so in this book he 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 tells about this story and and he says to this person uh uh he starts with the story of the resurrection by by saying this he goes look the god man has been killed at his hands of sinful men at the Has been killed at the hands of sinful men, dying for the sins of the world, and the people he's dying for are spitting on him, mocking him, killing him. This is as bad as it gets, but it gets worse because he dies. And he's in a tomb for three days. Now, if that isn't bad, it doesn't get any worse than that if you don't know God's eternal plan. But the reality is, even in that bad of a situation, God was completely. In control the whole time, the whole time. Jeff goes on to write uh, that after he said this to to this person, he 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 basically asked him this question, and based on what they were talking about, and he says this. Listen, so based on what I said, how do you know that God is powerful? And this person said, "Well, I, because of the resurrection." And then, and then he said, "Well, in light of the resurrection, then." Who are you? To which this person said, Well, I, I guess it makes me more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. To which Jeff said, That's right. So if you believed all that, how then would you live? And after thinking about that question in the light of everything that they had just talked about, she looked at Jeff and said, I would have Peace. I don't know what it is in your life that causes you to not have peace, to lose sense of hope. Maybe it's when the things in life <laughs> are not going according to plan and and you feel that need to fix things, But no matter but no matter what you do, it's never enough. Maybe in those moments you try to do the right things and you try to prove it to yourself that you could be disciplined enough, you could be powerful enough to acquire the peace and hope that you're looking for. Only to have the realities of life leaving you feel like peace is just beyond your grasp. Guess who is powerful enough to bring hope? Powerful enough to bring peace? God is. Why? Because the resurrection proves that God is all-powerful. And in control, even when things seem out of control. The disciples didn't believe this until Jesus was raised from the dead. It wasn't until they witnessed the resurrected Lord that they understood that Jesus' death wasn't a sign of God's inability to be in control, but was the very sign that God was, in fact, in control, that everything was happening according to God's plan. Peter actually admits this. And when he writes, for, you know, that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom. Listen to this long before the world began. This was part of God's plan. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because why? He raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Why is the story of Jesus' resurrection the greatest story ever told? Because the resurrection proves that God is all powerful and in control even when things seem out of control. The last reason I believe the story of Jesus' resurrection is the greatest story ever told is because the resurrection proves God's love for us in spite of us. The resurrection actually proves God's love for us in spite of us. In the history of the church, there has not really been anyone as influential as the person we now call Paul this documented leader in the persecution and killing of Christians in the early years of the church following the resurrection of Jesus, eventually he had an encounter with Jesus himself that changed his life forever. And so what happened is the once persecuted of Christians would go on to be known as, as one of the greatest missionaries and church planners in the history of the church. And in fact, he would go on to pen about 28% of what we call the New Testament and Guess what was his message? Every place he went that would forever change the religious landscape of the entire world. Guess what his message was? In a letter to the Christians in and around the city of Ephesus, he gives us a clue. He says this, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ From the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. In another letter, he preached the same message and he says this to the Christians in and around the city of Rome For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God, listen, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. The story of Jesus' resurrection is the greatest story ever told because the resurrection story proves God's love for us, even in spite of us. As one theologian and pastor has been quoted often saying, the good news of the story of Jesus' resurrection is this, that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves." than we ever dare believe. Yet, at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted by Jesus Christ than we ever dare hoped. Whether you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, my prayer for everyone listening today is the same prayer, honestly, that my kids heard in their ears as I tucked them into bed every night. And the prayer is simply this. I hope that you would know that there is nothing you could do that will ever cause God to love you more. Nothing that you have ever done that would cause him to love you less. To put it simply, the story of the resurrection of Jesus is not only the greatest story ever told, but it is actually good news to everyone because it's particularly good news about our sin problem. The good news is what often we as Christians call the gospel is that God has himself come to rescue and restore creation in and through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. And, and, and why, does, why does creation, which includes me, need rescuing? Well, because of sin. And, and what is sin? Well, sin is sin is living life for, for my fame and glory. Instead of, of God. Sin is, is living life my way for me instead of living life God's way for God. And we all have sinned and we really need the good news of Jesus. We desperately need the death and resurrection of Jesus to rescue us from the, from, from the penalty and effects of sin, which the scripture teaches is ultimate and eternal separation from God. And listen, when we repent, when we change our mind, literally about who God is in our lives, and by faith we believe that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection has secured our rescue and restored us into a right relationship with God the Father, then this story is not just good news for you, but it becomes to you the greatest story ever told. If you've never had the chance to make the decision to follow Jesus, if you maybe have been wrestling with faith in Jesus, but something in your heart today finally clicked. And maybe today you find that you are wanting to make a decision to follow Jesus today. I don't want to skip and rush to the end. I want to give you an opportunity to take your relationship with Jesus to the next level. If that's you, If you do want to tell God maybe for the first time today that you believe that that God sent his son for you, that he loved you first and that he can forgive you, that you can go to heaven forever by believing Jesus died in your place for your sin and that you can let him into your life right now to follow him. If you want to make the decision to be forgiven and to follow him in a minute I'm actually going to ask you to respond, and it'll be anonymous by by letting us know that you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus, and it'll be in the comment section here on this platform. Now, listen, if you're worried this is going to draw attention to yourself, we want you, first of all, to know that this is about you and God, and you won't be calling yourself out. In fact, one of our hosts will put up the invitation on the chat, you'll see it About right now. And then they will click the button so you can see literally what everyone else will see. So if I'm talking to you and you've never done this before, and you'd like to become a follower of Jesus, to enter into a relationship with Him for the first time and accept this gift of forgiveness, I want you to go ahead and respond to the invitation in the comment section on this platform, to let us know that you are making a decision to follow Christ, to so-called digitally raise your hand. Listen, and if, if God is nudging you, if He's nudging your heart in this, that means He's talking to you. That means it's time. And if God is prompting you to do something now, don't disobey that. Raise that hand. God is talking to you. Now listen, whether or not you raise your hand, if you want to make a commitment to begin following Jesus, I would, I would love the opportunity and the honor to pray with you and join you in telling God where you are at in this decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. In fact, the scripture says that if we, one, believe and decide in our hearts, and two, confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. And so there's nothing special about this prayer other than the fact that it is a prayer which contains the elements that we need to say so that we will be saved. But if you would pray this prayer with me, in fact, listen, before we do that, there are a lot of other believers that are here with you and listen, this is what we also believe. And so why don't we all, all of us together, let's just say this prayer, both those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time and those of us who have already made that commitment, let's together, let's just pray this prayer. And would you repeat after me? Dear God, I confess to you that I have sinned against you. But I But I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to live and die and rise from the dead for my sins. And God, I thank you for forgiving my sins. And now I commit to following you with all my life. Amen. Hey, if you just made that commitment, I am so proud of you. Welcome to the family of God. And now your life is part of the greatest story ever told.